Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Rocky Five, man, that, that movie will make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had, and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. It's Wes. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put them on the grill. And Walker. This is Top of the Dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That man would have had crack ribs and all types of crack stuff for signing over my pal return. Two o'clock on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Reminding you that kickoff football season is going to happen on Saturday, September 16th. What you can do is kick off the football season with us on September 16th with the Roaring Riots kickoff jam at Nota Brewing Company North End. The kickoff jam will feature Panthers legend, including Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, Stephen Davis, and Mike Tolbert. You also have live music from bands like Better Than Ezra and Arrested Development. Nappy Roots also going to be making an appearance as well. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the biggest Panther fan pep rally on the planet Saturday, September 16th. Just head to kickoffjam.com kickoffjam.com for more details again that's kickoffjam.com i did want to get to a couple of text messages real quickly 704-570-9610 david not a duke fan said what kind of drugs is wes on isaiah thomas is not fire he is fizzle john the beer man said awesome head fakes on the first two wes he liked those he said but come on man isaiah thomas is a little bleep Ooh, goodness gracious uh chihuahua is what he called him he's the place kicker Talking junk at a bar because he's got all the offensive linemen with him. Mm. Bill but he was a baller though. That Rick was Mo- the thing though. He was he was a dog out there. He was a baller. Uh, Jack said, "Wes, I need to know Chauncey Billups. Is he fire or fizzle?" And then immediately texted back and said, "Never mind. Don't say Chauncey. My man just said an eleven-time All Star was fizzle. I think he was talking about Chris <laughs> Paul. So now he does not want to know." what your analysis is on Chauncey Billups anymore. So that'll do it. That's Fire Fizzle. You can go check well, out. Fizzle's on Chris Paul to wear more, you know, stuff around him. I mean, I know he's a very accomplished individual, but the attitude and some of the antics and the fact that he's hardly ever available when you need him. But the problem is, if you're going with Petty and saying Isaiah Thomas is fire, then Chris Paul about as petty as it gets, too, right? Yes, but Isaiah was available, and he was there for his team and led them to championships. You do have a couple and championships. A yeah, right. Yeah. No, you're right. He does have a couple championships, which is the only thing that you need. And that's how you get fire. <laughs> From fire to the wire. The live wire, you might say. Oh. Right now like with that. Josh Fiddy Marlowe. Live wire connect. On the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know, I know you, you feel this. Mm. All right, Walker. So you teased Cam Newton responding to the Swamp Kings documentary. And I thought Wes brought up a great point yesterday that 
while we didn't get what we wanted out of it, this is going to be a great talking point leading up to the college football season. And, of course, the former Florida Gator quarterback, former Blinn Community College quarterback, former Auburn quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he took to, I believe it was on his Instagram, his TikTok, to give his thoughts on the Swamp Kings documentary. And here's what the former All-Pro QB had to say. Untold story. I got one real quick. I never received a national championship ring from the University of Florida. Uh, but that's another conversation for a different day. Some of the things that I did not like about the documentary was how they played Chris Leak, in my opinion. I was watching it like they've said things like we're, we were just one quarterback away. Like, bro, Chris Leak was that mother. Like, let's not forget how pretty of a ball he threw. And started as a freshman in the SEC uh, from Independence High School out of Charlotte. Like, what are we talking about? Like, granted, Tebow is everything and some. But, bruh, let's not try to dim the lights of, of Chris Lee. Lastly, where were these players? I really wanted to hear from Percy Harvin, Joe Hayden, mm-hmm. uh, the Pouncey Twins. Like, there was so much that... They left out. But other than that, it was a good document. Yeah. Uh, so shared a lot of the same problems that we all had and went in detail with the Chris Leak thing. Now, I don't know if I would say Chris Leak was that bleep. I would not say that during his time at Florida. In high school, the dude was crazy. Had everybody. I, I was not a huge high school football fan even at that time. And even people an hour away were talking about how crazy it was what Chris Leak and Independence were doing. But Chris Leak, as I mentioned yesterday when we were reviewing this thing, Chris Leak was a good enough QB to get some love. Just didn't get any. They did talk about him as if he was a problem. That they won in spite of Chris Leak being yeah. the starting QB. That's how they talked. The only redeeming thing they said about Chris Leak was that he was a leader that walked out of the door and they needed other players to step up. It was like you didn't care about it at all until Tebow came aboard. And then when he leaves, you lost a leader, and now you had to manufacture one in Brandon Spikes. That was the only thing they said. I totally agree with Cam, and the the latter half of that take, everybody has that take. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, he was almost 62% passing. He had 11,000 yards passing at the University of Florida. 88 touchdowns to 42 interceptions. So, yeah, uh, I agree with Cam a lot on that, and I'm just ready to hear more. Uh, guys come out and say different things and hopefully we get some of those stories we're looking for and opinions. Now the other thing is, look, we've talked about Percy Harvin not speaking, the Pouncey Twins, you know, not they're, they're not being enough on Aaron Hernandez and even with Cam Newton, you know, Cam Newton got in trouble at Florida, we know that, yes. right? So with Cam Newton getting in trouble when you don't go, but th- that's the thing, right? We get to the Aaron Hernandez fight when Tim Tebow said people were, you know, calling him racist comments. That was one too many in Tebow's words. And then Aaron Hernandez had to punch somebody, which I don't know how many people have a real problem with. It was the other stuff (laughs) that that he was involved with in Florida. I want to hear what his teammates had to say about that guy during his time at Florida. That's part of the appeal. What was going on with this dude who was a murderer who then committed suicide in jail Storyline is there, but we didn't hear anything about him except for what Tebow had to say. Percy Harvin not talking. Cam Newton brought that up. We talked about it yesterday. Percy Harvin got into some stuff with his coach. I know you came across as well. So even if you can't get these guys to speak on the dock, that's fine. A lot of documentary, a lot of directors can't get these guys to comment. That's totally fine. But we can't ignore them if they don't talk. 
And that's the problem I have with the doc. I'm just ready for this YouTube documentary because I know it's coming. The real side of the Swamp yeah, King. That's, that's I can't so wait happening. for it. Let's go. The TikTok, the YouTube version, <laughs> it's going to be straight fire is yeah. what Wes Bryant might say. <laughs> What you uh, got, Fiddy? All right, Walker. You, I think you saw earlier in the break, you mentioned that Ryan Clark had issued an apology to uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, and you were asking why. Well, here's what the NFL analyst had to say yesterday on NFL mm. Live. Rocky started the game for Tua right there. Tua even got them tats. Yeah, he did. He did. Tua said, okay. sleep. Y'all, y'all sleep. think I'm because uh, I've been hurt. I ain't tough. I'm tell you, I'm gonna tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. <laughs> Wow. I bet you that. Come on, he he wasn't with me. He might have spent a lot of time at the tattoo parlor. He was not at the dinner table eating what the nutritionist had advised. Oh my! He looks happy. So okay. He is thick. He thick. Yeah, thick. he's built like a uh, girl work at Onyx in Atlanta right now on the bottom. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, get to the show. I'm that was a bit much. I mean, I know we like to critique, we like to talk wild on here as well. But yeah, that was that was very personal. So I I saw Tua's come back to it. Now I see that Ryan Clark has come out and kind of apologized about it. But yeah, man, if you are the player that he's talking about, you might want to pull up. All right, what do you have else for us on that? Do you have Tua's response? At I do all? have okay. Tua's response okay. to Ryan Clark. Okay, so let's hear it. He had some criticism about you, mm-hmm. uh, saying that you didn't hit the gym in the off season, you didn't follow nutritionist advice. Yeah. If he were here, what would you say to him? I mean, he probably knows more about me than I know about myself. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, Ryan's been out the league for some time, so I I don't, I don't know. It it's a little it's a little weird when other people are talking about other people when they're not that person. So. I know it's just just a little weird. I come back. I I like my background is like I I come from a Samoan family. Like respect is everything, but you know it does get to a point where hey, you know, little easy on that, buddy. Because you know we I I think we're we're pretty tough-minded people, and uh, if we need to get scrappy, we can get scrappy too. Oh, no. just saying. How hard did you work in the offseason? I mean, I think we all worked hard throughout the offseason. Um, and I'm not someone to talk about myself the entire time, but I mean, it takes a lot. You think you think I wanted to to build all this muscle? Like, not to some extent. Like, I I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a little lighter. There's, I know, there's a mixture of things that people don't understand, that people don't know about, that are talked about, that go behind the scenes. So, you know. I'd appreciate if you kept my name out your mouth. That's what I'd say. It felt like Tua was trying to find the line of aggression, and I'm about that life, and professionalism. Yeah. And he was going back and forth trying to figure out, how do I do this the right way? Which is tough. I don't know if he expected to be asked about that. Maybe you should prepare for it. Maybe you don't. I, it, I don't really have a problem with everything he said, but this is a guy where his toughness has been questioned a lot. And so if this is someone that is trying to figure out, how do I combat what other people put that identity on me as being soft and also trying to be professional as a quarterback of an NFL franchise where everybody wants to discuss professionalism being such a key component to what is a franchise QB. And he's going back and forth. I fell for Tua. I feel for him. Because 
Man, they called you a stripper looking thick in onyx, man. Yeah, that, that's that's just over the line. And I know that he definitely was angered. And you could hear it coming across in the comments. Like I said, uh, if I were him, Ryan Clark, and I would definitely have to have a conversation. So then, too, is talking about how I can we can get a little scrappy, but also talking about how we're really respectful people, you know, coming from his hometown. Like, I... Yeah, I could understand why he was going back and forth. And the thing is, too, Ryan Clark apologizes. Now, I know, Fitty, you said it was a lot of a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. At least the transcript I see on Twitter, it seems to be taking accountability. But I have not heard the full apology. I have not heard the actual clip. But it does. he does seem to take accountability that he did not meet what his requirements are for himself as a professional broadcaster. You did not see it that way. Though. Well, I mean, there's a point in the apology where he mentions the scrap. And he said, I played the same violent game for a living that you do. So if you want to go down that road, we can. So, you know, and Ryan Clark is definitely a guy that is he's about that life. No, he is. Yeah. So it's kind of what makes him, I guess, unique in his role. He's going to be on Monday night, uh, a countdown every week with uh, Scott Van Pelt. I think RG3 is going to be on that broadcast. So, oh, Ryan Clark, you know, you you can't trust a Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm glad Ryan Clark apologized. Yeah, the whole scrap. This is this is the ego getting in the way, right? Like, this is, I'm going to be professional, but also I need to let you know that I'm here That's to fight if you want it to. That's pretty much what it was. I'm apologizing, yeah. but hey, if you want to go, I'll go. Um, speaking of ESPN, first take. So yesterday... Um, big guy over there. He, he, he got up out of his chair after a, a very sports radio-esque argument took place in the studio about who the greatest point guard of all time is. Well, yesterday on First Take, undoubtedly the GOAT Michael Jordan texted Stephen A. and he weighed in on the conversation. I have to read you a text that I received this morning <laughs> at 5.54 a.m. So That's a lie. Good morning, sir. Although greatest of anything is always a debate, I beg to differ on greatest point guard of all time with what you said. Magic Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time. Steph Curry is very close, but not in front of Magic. You must define point guard to really have a serious debate. Steph Curry is by far the best shooter. Of all time, yes, his movement has created many shots for his teammates. He's a career 43% three-point shooter. But Magic Johnson invented the triple-double. Not true invented, but makes it more noticeable in terms of the impact on the game. It's a point guard stat, to be honest. Magic was the best. We can go on, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you get the point. I love that Michael Jordan is somewhat submissive. Hello, sir. I'm sorry. I don't want to take too much of your time. But Stephen A. Smith, one with the name drop of Michael Jordan, telling you and selling you that this actually happened by dropping a timestamp. It's a lie. And then Michael saying, hello, sir. And then, sorry, I don't want to take too much of your time. This is my two cents. Does, that doesn't sound like Michael. The problem is, like, I Stephen A. does have a lot of pull. He does. I know we like to clown him. I totally get it. But he does have a lot of pull. And so I don't know where I am on this. I, Stephen A. makes me laugh. He is such a good entertainer. And to me, that was entertaining, telling you that Michael Jordan texted him about the GOAT point guard. Yes, it very much was. And, I mean, the the he just made it so epic the way that he read it and only a way – 
that's Stephen A. Can. I, I'm, I'm quite it, tempted man. to do a heel turn, man, and, and go to Steph. I know yesterday I gave Magic. Uh, well, no, you wanted to do flowers. it the whole time. When you, when, <laughs> we can go to the video. We can, the video and then you can say Fiddy are you with me despite saying Magic Johnson was the best but you never felt it with your I'd heart. I said yeah I, I didn't man I, I said I'd give him the edge because of championships but four and five I mean that's kind of that's very close and in my opinion when I talk about which player I would want I just have to go ahead and do the heel turn man I'm going to take Steph Curry I, I think Steph Curry's did. the guy I think he would give Magic 40 in his heyday I don't think Magic ever had to guard anybody like Steph in his life he doesn't have the he didn't have the point guard competition night in night out the a player like Steph Curry has. Do you want to go to a couple of the guys that you just talked about and, on your list? Hold on. And I listened to when I was listening to my man Gil. You know what I'm saying? He oh, brought okay. some good points up. <laughs> That's, That's where you lose me. No, no. Here's what That's I want to say. That's where you lose me. So Gilbert Arenas said he himself was better than Steph before he took off. No, he said, but he said in the first five years. So we can have a player be better than Magic when Gilbert Arenas was better than a player no, but his first five years but in the league. Yeah, he, he said first five years, but Gilbert out, was, no, but Gilbert <laughs> was right. Yeah, yeah, but this he is true. Did. But when he was talking about Magic in the championships, he was saying how back then the draft was different and how Magic already got dropped in on a championship team, and that just took them to another level where he could come in and just okay. win the rings. Like, he didn't have to punt a team that was built up like Curry. But Steph didn't build that team. No, I'm saying that was built up, though, because when he came there, the Warriors were bad. They had to draft Clay. They had to draft Draymond. They I mean, had to make the right decisions on the skill players instead of him already coming into a team that was already a contender. Okay, I don't know what that – what does that mean? Like he's saying that as far as the championships, it was much easier for Magic to get that access to those championships because of the team he was dropped in on. It already had Kareem, James Worthy, Byron Scott, all these great don't, players no, we can't were do already there. Right. Byron we can Scott do, was a great role player. Okay, a great role player, but we can also – the whole all-star debate, you cannot separate these two. Like, Steph Curry had Kevin Durant win half of his championships. That wasn't his fault that Draymond yeah, he, went and begged for a superstar. Well, they, 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 they all did, but still. Well, to not but, play the, with but, KD? The, but the two he's gotten without KD. To do, not play with Kareem. But the two he's gotten without KD, that, you know. Okay. Great. The Hold two on, teams I think Coach Jeff is coming in with the nostalgia. He's saying, are you <laughs> trying to say that covering Steph would be tougher they covering. Di- like hold, up, get, hold up! Hold up! Oh, act hold like up! Magic wouldn't give Come Steph on, cuz. Come on, yeah, he had to take him in the post because okay. he can't shoot. Yeah, he's not giving him forty. But this man talking about would be tougher than covering he, Dennis Johnson. This is my problem with the old heads. They know. get into the nostalgia. Don't ever compare Steph Curry to no Dennis Johnson. Get out of here. Magic would get roasted on D side. That's what I'm saying. But please don't say it'd be tougher than covering Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson is not even in the stratosphere. Defensively, of Steph Curry. defensively, he's better than Steph. hundred uh, percent. I mean, that's just how it was. Let's move on. Let's talk. Talk a little bit more. Maybe we can recap some of this stuff <laughs> on the other side of the break. And then we can go I to the Carolina the Panthers. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're still arguing, and Wes decided to bring us on. Go ahead. Lead us in. We're still Just arguing. Just saying, you're back guards. on the Wes and Walker show. Yeah. It is a heated debate going on in here. Uh, when you talk about Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, that's what we love about this. And I have to uh, clear up Coach Jeff's text. At first, I went off on the nostalgia bit, but he said that he's saying that big old Dennis Johnson was easy to cover. All those 80s guys were compared to Steph. So he is in my boat as far as saying that Steph would give Magic uh, the work on defense if he tried to guard him. Steph Curry would give anybody buckets. And I just don't know how we can't flip it. Like, Steph, Magic Johnson would give Steph buckets. He would take it him in the post. Oh, okay. I don't care how you score. Magic Johnson's going to score. I just feel like I get more. I, I get more dynamic play from Steph than I'm going to get from the Magic. It's all about shooting. That's what it is because he's not as good of a player. And I mean, and Steph Curry is great at finishing at the rim. Look, before I start to go in on Steph, that's not what I want to happen. Because Steph oh, Curry. You did during the break. Well, we did because, we because well, me and Fiddy are going at it. And Fiddy is, <laughs> you, you know. Just, you just don't like great, tiny, small. Like I Because you're like 6'4". You know, you're this lanky ass basketball fan. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't respect the little giants like Steph out here dominating Steph your Curry game. Might, Steph Curry probably a top ten player of all time. It's not a probably he is. Okay, fair enough. Well, go ahead and name him now at the top of the dome with all of that uh, all that confidence. I mean, top ten. I mean, MJ. No, this was stupid. I'm sorry. That's bad radio to ask <laughs> you to do that. That was bad. I lost sight of the goal, and that's to entertain the listener. I apologize for asking Fiddy that question. But he was. He, I just got mad at Fiddy West because he was trying to poo-poo a 40-point performance without Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah, without James Worthy, his rookie season, in a winner-take-all game against Philadelphia. And it's just like he couldn't give Steph 40, but he can give Philadelphia in the NBA Finals his rookie season 40 without Kareem and James like come on man like just not with the magic stuff I'll give you Steph Curry's top 10 I'll give you Steph Curry's top 10 if you want to call him a better point guard that's not what I'm even crazy mad about it's just the disrespect about how magic couldn't do it and then the whole best passer thing melts my brain I I lose IQ points here and then so that's what got me mad I just want to know like are we playing the rules by it's all scoring below the free throw line because yeah magic would give him 40 you got to step outside the free throw line and make a jump shot magic ain't giving Steph Curry 40. Um, okay. He'd hit some mid-range. Neither he hit Shaq. an occasional that, three. I mean, yeah, I'm just... But Shaq, Shaq's a sinner. I mean, well, and Magic was because he could play anything. In fact, he did. Every single position in a game. But that's fine. I'm just saying. He did that because because <laughs> I was told that only LeBron James could play the one through five and well, guard the no, one Magic through five. Could, no, well, Magic did. If you were told that, somebody's lying to you because Magic could do it and, and did. Well, Magic it was, did do it. It was ESPN and won a championship relied. and won and champion. That's fine. No, get get mad at Stephen A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get mad at me. I'm I am. Not, I'm not on ESPN. Go ahead, Wes. Take us the rest. All of the right, way. this is phenomenal. I mean, you gotta love it. But we're gonna turn the page back to the Carolina Panthers, and we're gonna do some more comparing and contrasting. When you talk about Carolina's offensive skill group against the rest of the NFC South, and for the callers, let me set this up. You're talking about Carolina starting 
Do we want to do quarterback or quarterback take out of the equation? So you know how we're on the blacktop and then I feed it into the post? Yeah. Like basketball can be played if you want to. Okay. And then All you right. want to just say it's Wes, it's your world. Your well, world. we'll include the quarterbacks here. So with Carolina, you're getting Bryce Young, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen. That's going to be your offensive skill for the Cats. But then when you talk about the Atlanta Falcons, you're getting Desmond Ritter, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Mac Hollins is listed as a starting receiver, Kadero Hodge. Then we're talking about B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, also a 1,000-yard rusher, the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr is the quarterback. Jamal Williams is the backup running back to Alvin Kamara. You know what he brings to the table. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid is also listed as a starting receiver, and Jawan Johnson at the tight end position. Also of note, they brought back uh, Jimmy Graham. And Taysom Hill uh, is also a guy that you can include in those weapons. And then Tampa Bay, you're talking Mike Evans. Trey Palmer is listed as the other receiver, Chris Godwin, Cade Otten, Baker Mayfield, Rashad White at the running back position. So where do you see Carolina fitting into this mix if you were to rank those offensive skill right. groups? Yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I'd put them last over all the pass catchers. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. The, the real interesting debate is if you include quarterbacks because Derek Carr, for what he's accomplished, is the best quarterback in the NFC South right now. Bryce Young, I feel comfortable, is second best quarterback in the NFC South. And then you have the pool of Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. That's your pool coming up next. So Carolina can feel comfortable with having the second best QB. The problem is Tampa Bay has a wide receiver duo where one guy might be going to the Hall of Fame in Mike Evans. Never had anything below a thousand yard season. That's incredible. Yes. So you also have Chris Godwin, who's a very good receiver. You go to New Orleans, Chris Olave looks like the truth, looks really good, and he looks like someone that could be a number one. You also have Kamara, who's a good running back. Michael we, Thomas might be back. Yeah, he might. And if he's healthy, he's going to be good. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him play in a long time, <laughs> but I think he's going to be good. And we can go to the Falcons. We've already talked about him. So with the pass catchers, th- that this is how Carolina can win the division, right? It's not through better pass catchers than the other teams. It's all through, can your quarterback keep up with maybe a Derek Carr? Can your defense get to some untapped potential because you have a new guy calling plays there? And can your offensive line block enough for Bryce Young to make a real run at this thing? That's how they can win the division. But it's not going to be because they have explosive guys all over the place. They're not going to have the same wide receiver core. They're not going to have the same skill players that other teams do in the division. And so that's why you'd probably have to rank them last. They're going to have to win in other areas. Yeah, and so uh, the interesting part is that would make Bryce Young, if he was able to get this team to an NFC South championship or get them into the playoffs, all the more intriguing because you look around the league what they would have to overcome. I mean, we also forgot about Cordell Patterson. Now I've also seen that he could be a surprise cut from the Atlanta Falcons. But when you just look at the sheer amount of guys that – teams can get the football into the hands of and they can make things happen. Carolina's still lacking in that department to a degree. I think they have capable players, though, and I feel like with Bryce Young and if this offensive line can get it together, could be good enough, especially if this defense improves. But that's a lot of things that need to happen in order for this skill talent to be able to prove to be adequate because these other teams have players that make their offenses explosive. And what happens if you get down 
14, 17 points in a game and you've got to come back in a lot of obvious passing situations and the offensive line may be shaky, that could be very problematic. And then also you're talking about players who can change a possession with one catch or one run when you can hand the ball to a B. John Robinson and he can take off for 40, 50, 60 yards, or you can throw the ball to Mike Evans who can catch a 40, 50 yard deep ball. Uh, that's going to make a huge difference. And so also when we talk quarterbacks, Derek Carr in New Orleans, we know what he represents. He's looked fairly good so far in the preseason. But which NFC quarterback not named Derek Carr should you be worried about the most when we're talking about Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay or Desmond Ritter in Atlanta? Which one do you think? Can I say Carolina neither? I'm not worried about, about anybody else outside Derek <laughs> Well, you got to pick one. Which no, one should I refuse. You, be you know what? About? I refuse. I'm not worried about any QB. Any Anything that I would say would be not true. I'm not worried about Desmond Ritter. I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield. I'm not worried about Kyle Trask. Desmond Ritter, if... If you're going to talk about some of the unknown, maybe Ritter has that, and that would be the only thing, but he hasn't looked great in camp. You're talking about his film last year not being great when you go back and watch what he did after Marcus Mariota was gone from being that quarterback. And so Desmond Desmond Ritter and the unknown are the only intriguing thing about the other QBs. I've seen Baker Mayfield already. We got one moment with L.A. when he was there playing like on, you know, five days being on the roster. And it was a good performance. Now, it's not like they lit the scoreboard up. It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty incredible given the context that he had only been on that squad for like five days. But no, I I can't sit here and tell you that I'm worried about any other quarterback. Derek Carr, he'll put up some numbers for sure. And Derek Carr is has a, a productive career so far. I think being away from McDaniels is probably going to help. You have Chris Olave, you have Michael Thomas if he's healthy, an offensive line that's more than capable. Yeah, Derek Carr, for sure. Best QB in the NFC South right now. Bryce hopefully is better long-term, but right now it's Derek Carr. Wes, I can't tell you I'm scared of any other QB. Well, if I had to choose one, I would definitely say that it's Desmond Ritter because if he gets it together and can play quality football for the Atlanta Falcons, this was a team that, according to lineups.com, the Falcons have the fourth best offensive line. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, we talked about the other week, that he was the highest-rated offensive player in football, period, last year by Pro Football Focus. And so when you add in those weapons, if we get a resurgence of a Kyle Pitts, and to me it just comes down to scheming him more in that offense for him to get right. The running game is going to be spectacular, in my opinion. So I think Desmond Ritter is definitely the guy uh, to watch because if he is able to get his game to a point, to even if he's serviceable, then I think this Atlanta Falcons offense will definitely be cooking with gas. And so that's why uh, I think that it is him. Now, when you talk about the defensive side of the ball for the Carolina Panthers, and we're talking about Brian Burns and Seth Walder of ESPN Analytics put together his NFL sack projections for 2023 and ranked the top 50 pass rushers. And when you go down to Brian Burns, he has him at seventh and has him slated for just nine and a half sacks. Really, he says 9.6, which I don't know why he would put that number because you can't get 9.6. But he talked about uh, some of his superlatives over the years. He said at age 25, he's in his prime and should be productive over a large number of pass rushes going forward. But he said there are a couple of major factors that limit his upside. Brian, I don't want to mess up your bag, but we've got to be uh, objective here. They said he's on a worse team than every player above him. 
the Panthers' projected win total is 7.5. He said that reduces the expected number of situations in which desperate opponents will be forced to pass, which creates sack opportunities. And then he said after ranking fourth in pass rush win rate at 25% in 2020, Burns hasn't been on the same level since finishing 13th in 2021 with a 20% rate and 17th last season with a 17% rate. He said that's good, but not great. So how would this Carolina defense look if Brian Burns is only able to get nine and a half sacks? I hope if it's only nine and a half sacks that that means somebody stepped up on the other side. If Justin Houston still had a lot in him and he was able to get nine and a half sacks for you. And then Marquise Haynes and Amari Barno is actually going to pick up where he leaves off in the preseason. That would be great. Yeah, you want more, though. No doubt. Uh, Pass rush is going to be their biggest weakness. If he doesn't get anything more than nine and a half, if he doesn't even reach double digits, then it's probably not a good sign on the surface. If, If he has a ton of pressures and leads to incompletions because he gets in the backfield, but the QB just gets rid of the football before Brian Burns can get home, maybe he causes a few interceptions. But you have to have context in that situation at the same time. Yeah, I want more than nine and a half this year. Yeah, I think that if he does only get nine and a half sacks, I think it's problematic. Because to be frank, I think Justin Houston's capable. I think he's going to come in here and get sacks. But I definitely don't think that you could uh, count on him to have a huge season. I think that Brian Burns is still the pass rush for this team. And I think he has to get into the double digits. I think he has to at least match what he did last year and some. I think he's more than capable of doing that. I think he will do that. So I would say I disagree uh, with this projection, but the scenarios that he brings up uh, bring forth some interesting questions. And lastly, uh, when we talked about the Iki Aquano deal uh, and the article that they talked about, is he a problem from David Newton? I said that... Uh, is this going to be a thing now where everybody who hits Bryce Young we're going to bring up the weight of said player? <laughs> because when he talks about Icky's mistakes, he said he missed the block on Young's first pass attempt that allowed 293-pound tackle Solomon Thomas to deliver a hard hit on the quarterback. I'm sitting there like, this is a detail I don't need. I know NFL uh, defensive linemen are big. I get that. But I can't remember the last time I read an article about a quarterback and they talked about them getting sacked to which they brought up the weight of said player unless the player was just ginormous like a Dexter Lawrence or going back in the day like Gilbert Brown if they were over 340 pounds. But I'm like, is this what we're going to see hmm. all season? Everything will be. He got sacked by the 270-pound Miles Garrett. He got sacked by the 265-pound Nick Bosa. Like, Come on, man. Like I see the little tricks of the trick. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, the combined. And we like David Newton. The combined of Dewey. A lot of people would tell you that they don't. I'm gonna. I'm just telling you right right now. A lot <laughs> okay, man. I take it back. Ooh, I'm, yeah. Well, yes. Check the text messages after this. David's a clown a nice, show. David's a nice guy, man. David's a really nice guy. Uh, I do think it'll be hilarious to see all of the weight added. I want to know every person that sacked Bryce Young, yeah. and then we can add the weight at the end of the year and see if that actually did cause some damage. But you're right. People are pointing it out because they're still so scared about his size. Yeah, good Lord. I'm like, is this going to be a thing? But one thing we are not afraid of is the last 50 flash mm, of the day. It's not necessarily true. I'm, yeah, I'm maybe. Who knows what might come out of his mouth, but let's get it.
and talk a little baseball here in the final flash of the day. Of course, last night the Braves beat the Mets 7-0 to take the the three-game set. They took 2-3. Atlanta finished this, this year 10-3 uh, against New York. Some other scores around Major League Baseball. The Dodgers lead the Guardians 6-1. The Yankees lead the Nationals 3-1. The Rockies 3-2 over the Rays. The Red Sox 3-0 over the Astros. Speaking of the Yankees last night, Aaron Judge had his first three-run home run game of his career, and their opponent, the Nationals, Steven Strasburg, just announced he plans to retire. Former ace was a member of that 2019 World Series team uh, that beat the Astros in the fall classic and uh, just hasn't been able to stay healthy ever since then, so his career coming to an end. The dude was constantly criticized for not living up to the hype because when he was coming out of San Diego State, people thought he was going to be the next big thing on the mound and he was very good that's the problem i hate the criticism because when he was healthy the guy was still an awesome pitcher but he just was hurt constantly so it's tough to see this remember the nationals had the back-to-back number one overall picks with steven strasburg and bryce harper in an era by the way i think a lot of teams would have chosen those two drafts to have the number one overall picks and they knocked it i mean you can't help but knock it out of the park to have both Strasburg and Bryce Harper on the roster at the same time. Loved watching him pitch when he was there, but unfortunately, we just didn't get to see it enough. Yeah, that's crazy. And I remember when Strasburg was coming into the league, all of the hype that he had, he was going to be the next great pitcher, man. It seems like every time we get that in baseball, Tommy John and injuries right. and all that coming to the equation. But salute to Steven Strasburg. When we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we're going to close this thing down. Also, Jeff Rickard has checked in uh, on the chat about Curry and Magic Johnson. I think we all know which direction he's going to go, but we're going to talk about that and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One more segment to go on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We almost got through the show without arguing a ton. And then we had to talk about Stephen A. Smith getting a text from Michael Jordan at, I think it was, what, 5.54 a.m.? That he had to bring to first take. Hey, speaking of first take, I'll allow that to branch me off into a different topic. Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, man. About to go at it. 
How excited are you for that? Yeah, day? I think it's going to be dope. And then I also, uh, you know, Undisputed comes back on Monday. They added Michael Irvin now, along with Richard Sherman and Lil Wayne. And and I feel like they have one more. Oh, Keyshawn Johnson, too, is going to be a part of that, man. So uh, I think I think it's going to be cool. I mean, I'll be back to watching both shows like I always do. So, uh, but, I, I, man, if I had to choose, because Shannon's going to be on there, what, Mondays and is it two days a week? I think it's two days a week he's going to be. I'll get drum on it real quickly. I'm I'm definitely going to watch the days of Shannon and Stephen A. And then the other days I'm going to watch Skip and some of his guests. Because Skip and Michael Irvin is going to be lit. Um, and Richard Sherman. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch too. So. I am interested in Sherman. But what yeah. do we think about Richard Sherman on the coverage for Amazon? Did we like him at the studio or at the uh, desk during halftime shows? I watched him a couple of times. I mean, I liked him, but I know he's one of my favorite athletes to hear talk. I'll never forget the Michael Crabtree soundbite. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, we need to pay attention to him that constantly. Yeah, that was real bad. For but me. You're, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. I forgot about that. I turned that. it off. I didn't get to hear it till after the fact because once the ball got batted and it was an interception, I turned the TV off. What do you think, Fiddy, about Richard Sherman going to be joining Skip Bayless? You like that pairing? They've got to start it off with them addressing what he told him 10 years ago on first take. Yeah, right? you know they will. Like, like he has to come back and say, <laughs> it's got to be updated. In my 34 years of life, I'm better at life than you are, and I'm here to teach you about that. <laughs> I mean, it's a- one of the coldest. Yeah. Because he was on there to promote some charity event. Yeah, he, he had blood on his mind. And then he just goes all the way in. on. And I didn't mind him on Prime's coverage, you know, and which, by the way, you've got a Prime um, preseason game tonight. Was it Colts and Eagles? I think we know our guy. Here we go. He's going to be excited to be calling a preseason game. And the funny part about that when Richard Sherman said that to him, Skip Bayless, he just doesn't care. He went right through what Richard Sherman said when he said that. He was like, all right, Richard, that's all fine and good, but are you better than Darrell Reed? I disagree with <laughs> the overall not caring from Skip. I think Skip cares a lot on a lot of what people have to say about him. He's very sensitive on his like sideshow that he does where he addresses mm. all this hate mail. I think even it's natural from him. He's very sensitive. But, the thing is, I don't think Stephen A is as sensitive as nearly as much as Skip. Now, Stephen A, he welcomes all of it to the point where it's still entertainment. Mm. I don't think Stephen A too many times gets to a point where it's real personal. I'm not going to say never. I'm sure it's happened. And I can't think of some of the moments at the top of my head, but I can think of a couple with Skip right off the bat because why did Shannon leave? Because Skip felt some type of way about his Dallas Cowboys because he's such a big old fan that he had to turn a Tom Brady conversation into saying Tom Brady had a better career than you, Shannon. At that point, it got personal because Skip got his feelings hurt because he might get beat down in a debate between now, those true. two. That's, that, that's true for sure. The other in, thing, in that term. well, and the other thing is we can go back to when Jalen Rose appeared. What was it? Cold? It wasn't cold Calling pizza a water yet. Water pistol. Well, because he called Chris Bosh Bosh Spice. Uh huh. About how soft he was. Yeah. And then Jalen Rose said he had receipts. Yeah. He had the stats on what Skip Bayless did in like some D3 college. Yeah. Where he oh, averaged. Oh, no, he brought up his high school stats. Oh, was it his playing high school? Yeah, it was his high 2. school. 2.4, baby. Woo! Yeah. I mean, that was cold. He was calling Chris Bosh, Bosh Spice, and Jalen was tired of him talking reckless to a lot of these players. And then he said, well, can we look at what you did in high school? And Skip 
got real sensitive about it, and then they had to apologize to each other. And Stephen A. Smith had to mediate, and Skip got real hurt when he's the one talking reckless about these athletes. Yeah, they I, did, but it doesn't stop it from still getting on there and doing all the stuff that we know oh, him to do. And that's the well, only thing I meant. Well, that, that, yeah, that's the only thing that I meant is that he just keeps going like he oh, human nature. But oh, he just okay, keeps but going. for sure, yeah, that would be dumb to sacrifice the money. I mean, the money is still going to be there. So, yeah, you get your feeling hurts and then, you know, wipe your tears with all the dollar <laughs> bills that you're making because that would be stupid to stop. Yeah. But he does get sensitive and he will tell you all about it on his podcast. He's going to tell you all about it on Twitter and he's going to tell you all about it on whatever the show is undisputed. Are you excited for some of the new pairings? I'm excited for Stephen A and Shannon. Because I like Shannon better than... I'm not a Skip fan. I'm not. I'm not a huge Skip fan either. I definitely feel like a lot of times his being a contrarian is contrived. But when he combines it with the guests that he has on, uh, I think it's just going to be interesting better. And I want to see how he treats some of those guests. Did he learn from what he did with Shannon? Because that's the thing that interests me about Shannon and Michael Irvin. Because I know he thinks Michael Irvin was better than Jerry Rice. I don't foresee those two getting into it too much, but when they Does he differ, say that? I love that. Oh, yeah. He of says that, that all the time. Of he course. He puts Michael Irvin over him. Of course. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it gets when it gets heated. I'm going to say that he hasn't learned. He hadn't learned this old in, in his career now. Yeah. I mean, this is you – know, Skip Bayless is a man that seems pretty damn set in his ways, you know? I mean, that's – that's the thing with Shannon. Shannon is really good at this. There's yeah. a lot of things to like about Shannon Sharp, man. That draw that he's got, that man from Georgia, love the accent. The the inflections are great. Like, he's good at this the stuff. Hennessy and black and mild. The, his character. I mean, I love everything about Shannon Sharp, yeah, okay? he's very funny. Oh, yeah. And so with him, and, and honestly, I love Stephen A. And Stephen A is a performer, okay? Like, I'm not even saying Skip Bayless and Stephen A are so different in that Skip is contrarian just to do that. Yeah. Stephen A isn't quite the contrarian that Skip Bayless is. I think there's still a pretty big gap. But Stephen A is a damn good performer. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about with the whole sensitivity stuff, right? Stephen A could be sensitive with some of the Dallas Cowboy talk, but he eats it up. He yeah. wears the big old cowboy hat. Yeah. He comes out there with his thumbs and his jeans and gives you a little dosy do. Yeah. Like that's how Stephen A is. And his voice inflections are hilarious. They're the best. Especially when he gets a and I said and an I and an I like it's funny. The unmitigated goal. And then you have Shannon over the time when I told him what I said, <laughs> Stephen. It's and, gonna be and, great. The, and the pauses are great. Yeah. And then when he got to whisper like this. Yeah. Right. Or then when he does the thing where he does the big sniff when he sits back after he says something, mm-hmm. he about Broncos gonna win. And skip you already. And look, I can't. This is part. Of, <laughs> this is part of the like acceptance and the likability when he is the one introducing what's gonna happen on first take that day. Mm-hmm. It's all showmanship, but I can't help but smile because he's got Kendrick Perkins smiling. He's got whoever is Ryan Clark, yeah. Lewis Riddick, Marcus Spears. He's talking about his get up, his fashion. I mean, it makes me smile every time I tune in. And I'm not like it works on me for some reason. It yeah. just works. That's how it is. I think they changed the name of Undisputed too. Now I think it's gonna be called Good Morning. I think they said because Lil Wayne's gonna have a new song for it as well. Oh, okay, great. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. To be Did you like the Undisputed anthem with Lil Wayne? I don't think I heard it. I don't think. Oh, I you heard. never watched Undisputed? All the years it was on, you never heard mm. the Undisputed intro with Wayne. I mean, I I'm sure I have heard it. I just don't remember it very well. Because Wale used to do first takes 
but he yeah. got rid of that. I did remember that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched First Take way more than than Undisputed. Uh, yeah, yeah I was an Undisputed was. guy. Love Shannon, but just not a fan of Skip. So yeah. I don't give him my time and money and attention. Skip, Skip. Oh, I'm gonna Walker. Miss, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah. Oh man, I am. That's true. I am gonna miss, skip, skip, skip. I am <laughs> gonna on, miss skip. that. Come All on, right. skip. That'll do it for Weston Walker on a Thursday. Walker, fitty. Football Friday tomorrow. It's going to be lit. 12 to 3. Make sure you're there. Also, stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.